Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello, you fabulous interior design professional. You, I'm so glad you're here. This is Business of Design. I'm Kimberly Selden, and... I'm so lucky because I get to be the host of the show where I learn so many amazing things that help me improve my interior design business. And today's show is no exception. Had a great conversation with Kate, the socialite. And yeah, we're going to talk about social media again. I know. I was also a little skeptical, but boy, oh boy, is she smart and does she make it seem simple, approachable, and strategic. Three posts a week. 12 posts a month. Could it really be that simple? Well, yes and no. And Kate will explain why, but definitely her method seems like something I could do for myself. So I really appreciated that. We also get into the conversation about generalist versus specialist, which we've been having a lot on the show. So one more time, we're going to talk about why it's really important to niche or to niche your business. Go narrow, focus, be the specialist. This is the best way for you to really make an impact in the world, to be able to be more profitable, to be the expert, to be the prize that you are. You will leave this episode with a bird's eye view of your own social media plan, but there is a critical piece of the puzzle that relies solely and exclusively on you, the hardworking professional. And that has to do with figuring out who your ideal client is, your ideal client and your ideal project. And if you're anything like I was, I wanted all the jobs, any job, all the jobs, many jobs. I prided myself on being able to do kitchens and country homes and city condos, etc. Strategically, it was such a bad decision that I made early in my career. It has taken many, many years to course correct. I implore you to consider really getting to know who your ideal client is. When I sell goods on the Home Shopping Channel or HSN, one of the things we talk about is her. We never refer to the client or the customer. We know our customer is a woman. And we talk about her and what she would like. Would she like white sheets or do you think she would like peach-colored sheets? Would she like pale blue sheets or would she like navy blue sheets? It's a very different customer. And even just getting comfortable saying, my client is typically her. Of course, we dig much deeper into who your ideal client and ideal project is at businessofdesign.com. If you're a member, there's a course, Ideal Client, Ideal Project. I strongly recommend it. And the further you drill down, the tighter your expertise becomes, the more likely you will be tapped to be the voice of articles that get written about that very subject. So niche, 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 however you say it, doesn't matter. There is no shortcut to getting those clients. I'm sorry to say, not at all. But Kate certainly has an approachable plan. I look forward to hearing your reaction to this episode, and I'm really glad you're here. Thanks so much. Let's check in with Cheryl Horn. Hey, Cheryl, I hear some kids in the background. What's going on? 
Yes, Ontario-wide teacher strikes. Uh, kids are home with me uh, quite a bit. It's it's two days a week until uh, things are resolved. But um, yeah, they're home. And so there might be a little bit of noise in the background so far. They're giving me a little bit of quiet time. <laughs> so good. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you. What's going on at Business of Design? Well, we're getting all caught up after the conference, but it's been really nice in the last couple of weeks. I've been, you know, in touch with all of our attendees. We've been getting all the feedback surveys, surveys back. Um, and it's really great. I finally got to meet so many members that I've, you know, been talking to for years, um, a few attendees that were new to business of design. But the feedback we got about the conference was, it was so much work. So it's nice to read all the testimonials that it was all, all worth it. But I know we don't usually share them on the podcast, but I actually picked out a few of the testimonials that I wanted to share. Oh, I want to hear. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if you've gotten a chance to read them all yet. So um, Tracy from the conference said, we all need a community that pushes us to do and be our best for our businesses and for our clients. That is what business of design community can do for you. Oh, I love it. Yeah, a lot of the feedback we got was just about, you know, the ability to meet designers from all over the world, you know, that are serious about their business in the same capacity, implementing the exact same systems, um, just seeing that community all in one room was really great. Uh, one of our other attendees, Leanne, um, who's, you know, been with business of design since the beginning said, I literally couldn't have built my business without business of design. Every newsletter, every course online, every conference and retreat provides me with meaningful insight into how I can effectively improve my skills as a business owner. Year over year, financial growth has been possible because of Kimberly and her team. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) Leanne Bennell, everybody check her out on Instagram. Leanne Bennell. um, She's one of the first people, by the way, to do a cooperative for interior designers. 7070 in Calgary is uh, her brainchild. And that has been doing really well. And that's, I have goosebumps. That's really amazing. Wow. Imagine that you've, you've had this wonderful person in your life since 2000. And I think she joined in about 2004 or 2004, 2006, and uh, is able to kind of hold a mirror up to everything that's happened at Business of Design in that time. It's kind of exciting and wonderful. Thank you for sharing those. Wow. So our next big event is actually going to be the Elite Retreat, which isn't until October uh, 15th to 15th to 18th in Palm Springs. And we're going to be opening that up exclusively to our past attendees and our conference attendees at the end of the month. And details will be online for everyone else in March. Um, but before our retreat, you're actually headed to Australia to join Andrew Mitchell, the design coach for the Byron Bay Retreat, which is September 10th to 15th. Oh my gosh. I am so looking forward to going back to beautiful, beautiful Australia. And uh, Andrew Mitchell will have him on the show in the next few weeks. This is a design coach event. Business of Design will be participating. This is not our event, but we are really looking forward to supporting Andrew in this endeavor. Yes. So for a limited time, you can save $200 on tickets. Head to thedesigncoach.com.au for complete details and registration is still open. Yeah. And I will be teaching at the retreat. So I didn't want to make it sound like I was just going to be there as an onlooker. Business of Design will be teaching at the retreat. We would love to see you in Sydney. Anything we can do to support Andrew, we're happy to do. Sounds good. And he will be coming up uh, soon on the podcast as well. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Good luck with the kiddos. Thank you. Take care. You too. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. 
We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, participate in monthly coaching calls, and find unlimited support within our exclusive members-only Facebook group. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. For independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $79. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Hey, Kate, great to talk to you. Great talking to you too. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Of course. And I know we have important things to talk about, sales funnels and social media focus, et cetera. But first I have to ask, Kate, the socialite, how did that happen? Well, actually, funny story. I don't think I've ever even shared it on my own podcast. So I'm glad you asked, but I was rebranding going from being a marketing company that served anybody with a business to being a marketing company that specialized in interior design. And I was trying to find a domain for my new website and I wanted Socialite, but that was already taken. So I was starting to get creative and I was typing in anything I could possibly think of. And then what do you know, Kate, the Socialite was not taken. So I took it by default because I couldn't come up with anything better. And it ended up becoming the big thing that I built the rest of my brand on. So it was kind of weird. It's a fun tag. I like it. And your last name, although I know it, we're not going to say it. So you remain mysteriously cloaked in this celebrity (laughs) podcaster cape. Let's put it that way. Anyway, I'm excited to talk to you. And I know we're going to talk about a sales funnel. So just getting more intentional around our social media uh, post because the fact of the matter is it becomes a part-time job that doesn't reward if you're not intentional, right? Oh, absolutely. And for some people, it can feel like a full-time job, especially when they think they need to post every single day on every social media platform known to mankind. It's just too much. All right. So make it easy for it, for us. And first of all, can we just assume that the audience is interested in posting and attracting the attention of clients, potential clients, not another designer just like them. So let's just let's just work under that lens for the entire conversation because that seems to be a big thing that people are frustrated with. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it does nothing for the bottom line of your business to be on there attracting your colleagues. It's nice that they can support each other, but in the name of attracting potential clients, There are three main pillars you need to focus on when you are on Facebook or Instagram. Now, I will say if anyone in the interior design community listening is on Twitter, just know that you don't have to be. Twitter is really not an essential function, but Instagram and Facebook, heck yeah, you can totally have an active presence on there and it's going to benefit your overall sales funnel, which I'll get into later. But as far as how often to post or what you should be posting. There are three categories you need to cover every week. That means three posts per week, which if my math is correct, that means 12 posts per month. And the reason I have boiled it down to that is because there has been an overall message of marketing overwhelm. Because ever since I started my podcast or well, my business in general, people have been emailing me saying, I can't keep up with social media. This is so overwhelming. I need to go work on my design projects, but now I'm expected to 
have Instagram stories every day and do Snapchat. And I don't know what that is. And that is why I did my research and I sorted it down to what is the bare minimum thing that an interior designer needs to do in order to establish trust with potential clients in order to prove that she knows what she's doing and in order to leave a memorable impact on people who visit her social feed. So here's what it is. Every Monday, I recommend sharing some sort of design tip and it should be something straight from the heart, something that you know your ideal client really needs to hear. On Wednesdays, share a photo of your work. Now, if you're a brand new designer or for some reason you just don't have a lot of professional photos of your work yet, first of all, make sure you get those done, get those photos. But second of all, you can, you know, you can repost occasionally from other designers. That's okay. Just don't make that like your, your main focus, but make sure that on Wednesdays you're sharing that beautiful space. Now on Fridays, this is where it can get a little bit controversial because some people don't like what I'm about to say, but it is so, so crucial. And it's the most important social media post of the entire week. You need to share a photo of you or your family or your team, or at least you in the workspace or you on the job, because social media is meant for being social, not for being salesy or anything else. People need to see your face so they can truly connect with you. That's how you stay memorable. Okay, this is really interesting to me already. I love, by the way, the cut and dried nature of this. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I got it. I'm not really excited about the Friday post. I always think if I'm sharing a picture of me, aren't people going like, oh my God, seriously, get over yourself. <laughs> like, what, what are you, a Kardashian? Like, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, I get that question from a lot of people when I talk about their personal post. And to be clear, I'm not talking about getting super glammed up and then taking a selfie like you're about to go clubbing because honestly, who does that in the real world? <laughs> ooh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> not me. I'm more likely no. about to go to my desk and work. <laughs> yep, yep, same here. So it's just important that you show up in some way as a real person so that people actually connect with you beyond just your profile picture. Because unfortunately, a lot of interior designers, they don't even have a photo of them as their profile picture. They'll use their logo. The thing is, you are your biggest marketing asset, even more so than your logo. Your logo is just a small piece of your little branding pie. But if you can share a photo of yourself, sometimes this means having a lifestyle photo shoot done in a way that makes you feel confident and comfortable and represents you in the way that you feel you need to be represented. So I do have a lot of clients who will do this and they will show themselves in their design studio as well as in their home or outside with their family, with their employees, just because it shows the other facets of them as a human being without making them reliant on, oh crap, now I have to go post a selfie because we all left that behind a long time ago. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So thank you, by the way, that seems sort of manageable. I take these long, long breaks from LinkedIn and I mean, not LinkedIn. I don't, <laughs> I take really long breaks from LinkedIn, like a year. I take long breaks from Instagram. I'll find like three weeks have gone by and I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't gone on Instagram. And, uh, part of it is exactly what you said. The overwhelm feeling of, I can't possibly keep up. So I'm just going to ignore it all. Yeah. And that's what I'm seeking to help people find balance in because social media is not the end all be all when it comes to marketing, but 
there is this prevailing mindset that tells us if you aren't on social media every single day, then don't even try because now you're behind, you're missing out on leads, but that's actually not the case. If you just focus on sharing value, sharing your work and sharing yourself in a way that is relatable to your ideal client, you can actually have a very strong social media presence without living on the platform. Is there a downside to being that person who's on all the time? Like there are some people and I just, I feel like maybe they post 10, 12 times a day and I wonder, do they work? Like if I were a client, would that be so much posting that I would be concerned? It's not that interior design is not your first job, not your priority. Yeah, that's a very valid question. And it's one that I have asked when I see someone who is going nuts on social media at all given hours. And I've heard that same question from clients. So like, how do they have time to do this? Don't they have a business to run? And the truth is, if they're a new business owner, maybe they just don't. And they're really trying to amp up their social presence. And it's not the best use of their time, but we can all appreciate their efforts. However, there is something to be said for posting too much. Even every day is becoming too much at this point. And that is new as of, I'd say, the last year and a half, especially on Instagram. Because before on Instagram, we were told, post every single day and use all these hashtags. And yes, the hashtags are still important and useful, but you don't need to be up every single day. It's more about quality versus quantity. If you don't have something to say, if it's not directed toward your ideal client, if it's not contributing to your sales funnel, then don't waste anyone's time, including your own. So you mentioned the sales funnel, which seems super, hmm, what? It seems like something an influencer might think about or, or I don't know, somebody selling a product, but interior design professionals should also be thinking about a sales funnel in terms of capturing clients. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't like having to use the term sales funnel, but that's really what it is. And to give you an easier synonym, it's just the path that you map out for potential clients to go from just seeing you being a little interested to actually writing you a check as an interior designer. And it's not a complicated thing either. The first step in that sales funnel is social media. And it can also be combined with blogging if you blog at least once a month, preferably twice a month. But if you're doing those two things, that is basically helping you generate your own PR, your own publicity. But once you do that, you have to have a place for all those interested leads to go. And I don't know if this is a time you want me to dive into this entire sales funnel because I could go on a ramble, but you tell me. You go for it. I love it. I'm I'm completely in your hands, Kate. All right. So once you have these people interested in what you do or in what you offer on social media, you then need to get them to your website, which is a second step in the sales funnel. But in order for that to happen, you have to make sure that you have a good, solid caption with every image that you post on social media. And at the end of that caption, there needs to be what's called a call to action or a CTA. And that is a simple statement telling people what to do next. So it might be click the link in my bio to view my portfolio or click the link in my bio to read the rest of this blog post. 
Now that's if you're posting on Instagram. If you're posting on Facebook, you can actually put the link right then and there. But you have to tell people what to do next because otherwise, if you're just sharing a photo, whether it's of you or your work, and you're just like, well, there it is, that's it. It's like, okay, they can double tap it and then that that's it. That's not contributing to your sales funnel. So you want them to somehow get to your website by either telling them, go look at my work, go view my services, so on and so forth. When they get to your website, however, you still haven't actually captured them yet. They're on your site. That's awesome. But now that they're on your site, how are you going to get their name and their email address? At bare minimum, how can you get those things? Well, that's when you use the next step in the sales funnel, which is called a lead magnet. Now, a lead magnet is something of value that you're offering for free, but at the heart of it, it's not actually free because what you're getting in exchange for it is extremely valuable currency, and that is their email address. So once they opt in to get your top three design tips or your guide for remodeling your kitchen or whatever it is that you're offering, now that person is in your mailing list and you can move to the final and most important step in the sales funnel. And that is your email newsletter. And quick caveat on this, back in the old days, as in like a decade ago, (laughs) I'm a millennial, I have to say that, back in the old days, newsletters were seen as extremely verbose, boring pieces of literature that were emailed to people. They didn't really have any specific intention behind them except to say, here's what I've been up to. But the newsletter that I'm talking about today in 2020 is more of like a mini lookbook. It is like a mini magazine article, three to 500 words long. It includes tips. It includes photos of your work and a photo of you. And it's something that you change up every month, but you send it out every four weeks to nurture and serve the people on your list. So they become clients or repeat clients, or they refer you to their friends. And that is a complete, simple sales funnel for interior designers. I am seriously impressed with how easy you made that all sound. So I, if I understand, the first step is social media post, and then you've got to change that link in your bio to suit whatever your call to action is. The second step is they land on your website. The third step is you get their email, so you give them a lead generation object intellectual property idea kind of thing. And then the fourth step is then you begin to serve them your newsletter via email on a monthly basis. Yeah, you've got it exactly. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. All right. Now I'm going to have to rethink everything and I'll probably do half of what you said in that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, but okay. And I, the other thing I really admire about you, Kate, you are really clear that this is not the only thing you have to do to get new customers, right? Like there is an element of networking face to face and being your own brand ambassador in the real world as well. Yeah, absolutely. You can never discredit the value of showing up in person anywhere. Even if you don't do it all the time, making a strategic effort to show up, especially if you show up in places where you know your ideal client is already hanging out, or if you partner with someone who's serving your ideal client in a way that does not compete with how you serve them, and they can kind of collaborate with you and give their stamp of approval to you in front of their audience, 
whether that's done in person or digitally through like a webinar, that is another layer of how you can, as you said, be your own brand ambassador and get yourself out there using methods that actually work rather than throwing money at, say, a boosted post on social media or a Google ad and just hoping that it works. Fingers crossed, hoping that it works. Yeah, exactly. And you still do have to be intentional about focusing in on your target client, right? Yes. And honestly, that is the heart of the struggle when it comes to marketing an interior design business, because the clients I work with, whether they're in the US or the UK or Australia or Spain, they all have the same struggle. And that is they are not quite sure who their ideal client is. And they feel that if they know the location of their client and their their average budget or their average income, then they know who their ideal client is. But that's not quite the case. What type of homeowner are you appealing to? Some people appeal to the busy stay-at-home mom who, you know, she does have a higher budget. She needs kid-proof designs. She needs something with great traffic flow. But others need to appeal to the career woman or the bachelor or the power couple. There is a huge difference between all these different personas, yet they are all served by an interior designer who then has to think backwards, like, what struggles does this person, do this people have? How can I position my service packages to meet their needs? How can I design my website and speak through social media and speak through my email newsletters in a way that shows them I understand them so that I'm actually magnetizing them towards me through, well, that lead magnet. That's why it's called a magnet because it needs to be so tailored to your ideal client that they can't help but opt in. And you already mentioned the, the heart of the struggle, right? So the heart of the struggle is I am afraid, and I'm, I'm speaking for some of the listeners, um, I, don't, I don't feel like I have this fear anymore, but I am afraid that if I target a client, I will scare off others and I just want some work. Some work is better than no work. So I won't make any kind of choices in terms of targeting. I actually hear that so, so often. And what I'd like to remind everyone is, you know, back six years ago when I started my business, I was serving anyone, anyone that had money and had a business and needed marketing. And it was a terrible experience. My business wasn't growing. Sure, I had clients, but it, it was miserable. When I decided to niche down and get clear on who my ideal client was, I became an international marketing company. And the same is true of any interior designer out there. If you guys get clear on who you want to serve and you position yourself to be the perfect solution to your ideal client's problems, and you know what their problems are because you've done your research, you've done your homework, you know them down to their hobbies and their political views and their favorite colors even, you then can become a specialist instead of a generalist. And specialists can easily charge higher rates than a generalist ever could. Is there any possibility so there's some construction or something happening near you? I hear come like hammering or something. 
Yes, there definitely is. Um, they're building a house right next door. So it's the home industry in real life. Oh, good. Absolutely. I hope uh, I hope some fabulous interior design professional has that job. Good. Just bang away then. That, that's awesome. <laughs> Keep everybody employed. Thank you, Kate, the socialite. We like to end every episode with design intervention. So it does not have to be related to the conversation we just had. It could be a pearl of wisdom you think is really important for people to adapt immediately, adopt well, immediately. <laughs> you could both adopt and adapt. Okay. It. <laughs> let's go with that. Adopt and adapt. Yeah. So I go back to what Marie Forleo said on her YouTube channel. And that is, if you're speaking to everyone, you're speaking to no one. And she's the first person who taught me about niching down and becoming extremely focused through marketing So yeah, it has everything to do with what we just talked about, but that's because until you have that figured out, your marketing is never really going to work. Amen. You're wonderful. I hope to meet you one day in real life. You actually have a membership site, don't you, to help people with sales funnels? I do. I specialize in helping interior designers, home stagers, and custom workroom owners set up and maintain complete sales funnels that are exactly what we've described here. And if anyone is interested in that, they can head over to socialitevault.com. All right, socialitevault.com. The notes are in the show notes. And Kate, you're invited back whenever you like. A super articulate, smart woman. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of the Business of Design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. As our thank you, you'll gain access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, a free introductory course which includes three Business of Design systems you can implement for immediate results. And when you're ready for success, a Business of Design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today. Start today.